Believe it or not. Strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. Unbelievable? Believe it. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Incomparable, inimitable, illimitable, inestimable, introducer of immeasurable, incalculable, incredible impossibility. Welcome to Ripley's Believe It or Not cast, the podcast that brings you deep into the strange, the bizarre, and the unusual. I'm Colton Cruz. And I'm Steph Distasio. If you're wondering where Brent and Ryan are, not to worry. They're off preparing for season two of the Notcast. Jordi Orlando here as well. In the meantime, we're taking a closer look at the or not side of Ripley's Believe It or Not. This week, we're discussing Vincent Van Gogh and what actually happened to his ear. But before we get started on that, we have a new host on the show. Jordi, can you tell uh, our listeners about yourself a little bit and... Maybe share a believe it or not. Sure. So I'm an editor here. I work on the publishing side of most things. Um, and believe it or not about myself is I can whistle without pursing my lips. Oh, can you give us a demonstration? That is wow. insane. <laughs> I don't have any special talents. <laughs> uh, sorry, there's no visual for this. <laughs> but just believe me. You'll have to believe it, folks. All right, so back to Van Gogh. Most people, I think, have at least a vague impression in their mind that the great Dutch post-impressionist cut off his ear and gave it to his lover as a gift. So a little bit extra than a box of chocolates, he actually gave his lover a piece of himself, as you could say. I think I'd prefer the chocolates. I don't know. I feel like there's some people here that would be okay with an ear. Not me, (laughs) but there's some weirdos at work here. (laughs) We just enjoy the unusual. It's a, it's a Ripley's yeah. rarity, you, you could call it. Ripley's, believe it or not, if we could have his ear in our collection, we'd, we'd go for it in a second. Absolutely. It's not the weirdest Valentine's Day gift, though, I think we've covered here on Ripley's, believe it or not. I know every year that comes up in the news is the hissing cockroach naming. So a lot of yes. different zoos around the country will let you name, your, um, name one of their newly hatched hissing cockroaches around Valentine's Day after your lover or ex-lover. I would go for ex-lover. Like, you hear of people naming stars after their lovers and, like, beautiful things out there in the mm-hmm. universe. Cockroach, I wouldn't say, is on the list of things that people would love to be named after. Yeah, I'd probably be pretty insulted if someone named a hissing cockroach after me. <laughs> the circumstances involving the loss of Van Gogh's ear, however, are much more complicated than a simple act of misguided affection. One widely accepted theory is that Van Gogh had a fight with French post-impressionist artist Paul Galguin that precipitated the dismemberment on December 23, 1888. After the argument, Van Gogh went insane and severed his ear with a razor blade. Van Gogh battled depression and anxiety, and some scholars think he exhibited symptoms of bipolar disorder. That's actually funny, though, that you bring that up, because I feel like when I look at Van Gogh's paintings, I feel at peace, and I felt like he wasn't at peace. So it's crazy how he may have painted these things when he was in, like, a traumatic dramatic state you know what i mean but to mm. us it's kind of relaxing which i guess means he did his job as an artist if we feel that way most historians agree that the painter had a breakdown one author believes van gogh was driven to this extreme measure because the artist had learned that his dear brother theo was getting married vincent was incredibly dependent on his brother both financially and emotionally some experts are adamant that the painter learned the news of his brother's wedding the same day he sliced off his ear, linking it to a letter written by Vincent in January of 1889, where he mentions receiving money from his brother. More than just his financial well-being on the line, Vincent may have also experienced a deeper level of jealousy. While his brother was finding love, Vincent had failed to sustain any long-term relationships. 
Just talking about the differences between um, himself and his brother Theo too, both of them started out trying to be artists, but Theo very quickly became more of the art dealer type to it, and he was pretty financially successful at it, again, introducing Galgwin to the world as well. But that's where that dependency just became so strong too, and I think that's where the element of jealousy that a lot of people talk about as well. You know, his brother existed in the art world as this successful person, but didn't have to go through all of the turmoil and tribulations mm. that Van Gogh did. So that's one theory for Vincent Van Gogh's ear-cutting behavior, but another theory has a rival painter lopping it off with a sword. The man in question was a fellow post-impressionist painter named Paul Galgwin. Galgwin was five years Vincent senior. His style relied on painting from imagination. Well-liked by both of the Van Gogh brothers, Theo was instrumental in introducing Galgwin to wealthy clients. Vincent became fast friends with the painter, and the two exchanged letters discussing philosophy. When the two decided to share studio space, that's when the trouble started. They had a serious falling out, and accounts differ on what actually happened. Some accounts say Vincent confronted Galgwin with a razor before cutting off his own ear, but others say Galgwin, a seasoned fencer, sliced it off himself with a sword. Though Vincent claimed he cut off his own ear, some think the Galgwin-obsessed painter may have been covering for him. On the flip side, Vincent wrote a letter to Theo that he was glad Galgwin didn't possess a firearm, as he had strong, quote, passions. Mm. Interesting. Maybe some anger issues there. Anger issues with Galgwin, I think, is definitely possible. But also, I think it's interesting, this idea that Vincent would cover for Galgwin. Right, like he so looked up to him that even if he did this awful thing, he was just going to let it slide because that's how much he loved him. Right, so that's the other thing. A lot of people also have the opinion that Van Gogh did it completely as a publicity stunt, that there's no larger reason other than to get attention. Though I would say that uh, people with, you know, anxiety and depression mm. and stuff can act out and do things like that for attention as well. It's definitely a definitely a toss-up, breakdown behavior. If it was a PR stunt, though, it, it kind of worked. Like, if you think about it, when you learn about Vincent Van Gogh in your elementary school art mm-hmm. class, the first thing you think of is, oh, he's the painter that cut off his ear. Yeah. And right. there's no other iconic severed body part like that for another <laughs> famous artist. Yeah, you could say the same thing with, like, Mike Tyson and all his records. Right. Oh, my God. Still <laughs> just the thing every single person knows about him. And he has a face tattoo. So, see, there are just two iconic parts that you'll never forget. <laughs> Maybe Van Gogh had a face tattoo and he just never painted it. Because the ear was a bigger deal. <laughs> what would the fa- what what would the face tattoo that Vincent Van Gogh would paint on himself? That's that is a great question. Oh, well, I mean, maybe some like like the tears, but instead of tears, they're like stars, like the starry mm. tears. Oh, yeah. I like it. That's funky. Mm-hmm. That would go over well in a lot of like music festivals today. <laughs> I feel like people paint stars on their face all the time. It is like really interesting though to like. The fact that historians have like tried to piece this together just from letters, mm-hmm. like that's got to be like really fun. He wasn't a prolific painter at the time, you know. He wasn't very popular, mm-hmm. right? So the idea that there would be a lot of history or even rumors attached to it, this wasn't something that was popping up in the newspapers like it would today, right? Right. So that's not the only rumor um, surrounding his ear. Uh, it's largely reported that he gave it to his lover, but history experts mostly agree that it was given to a local prostitute named Rachel or Gabrielle. Vincent may have presented his ear to her as a means of curing her wounds. This poor maid worked in a brothel to make money after suffering disfiguring injuries and a rabid dog attack. The jury, however, is out on whether the ear helped or not. Vincent spent two weeks recovering in the hospital, and a self-portrait shows heavy-duty bandages wrapped around his head. Though he did make a recovery, the artist would take his own life two years later in 1890. 
A genius painter loved and lauded around the world today, the 37-year-old artist struggled to find peace in life and relationships. Unlike Galguin, who painted from imagination, Vincent van Gogh looked at the world around him and rendered his impression of nature's beauty. Though he lost his ear in turmoil in 1888, this was also the year he codified his style, painting Starry Night the summer after his recovery. Interim Nutcast is produced by myself and Sabrina Seek. Our executive producer is Amanda Joyner, and special thanks go out to Brent and Ryan for letting us host the show while they're at work on Season 2. You can find more stories and other Ornots on our website, ripleys.com. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode and the Notcast, subscribe and tell your friends. Leave us a review for the Notcast on iTunes. It definitely helps us out. And if you have comments, questions, concerns, ideas, or other Ornots, email us at notcast at ripleys.com or tweet us at ripleys. Tune in next week when we dive into the rumored romance between John Smith and Pocahontas. Did you guys see that movie, Loving Vincent? It's so good. Every single frame is like in his Yes.